Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week, we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Today, we would thought we would talk about being triggered, right? I think that in these times of COVID, in these times of close encounters with all of the people in our lives, our family, our roommates, you know, kind of the the whole navigation of what we're currently sitting in, oftentimes we can hit a lot of emotional triggers. And so we thought we would talk about what that means and how we deal with it. And and yeah, I'm going to let Laura kind of take it from here. What do you think, Laura? Yes. I mean, the psychology of COVID. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, how we're all coping during a global pandemic is really interesting. And it's not something that um, any of us have been through before. So it's bringing up new patterns, new opportunities, new challenges. And so what I have been noticing the most, and this is something that Sonia and I were speaking about before jumping into the recording, is that, you know, many of our clients are challenged by their personal relationships in new, unique ways. You know, we we always have opportunity to grow, even our most intimate, you know, loving relationships, when maybe things are really smooth, there's still going to be hiccups. And then you take, COVID is like having this microscope, you know, on every one of our dynamics in our relationships. We're not spending time apart like we used to. We used to spend eight hours like, oh, honey, like, good morning. Let's have breakfast. (laughs) Like, goodbye, everybody. You know, see you later. And then you come back at the dinner table. How was your day? Like, that is not our reality, right? I don't know. Is that happening Like, what's happening in your house, Anya? (laughs) Yes. No. We're like on top of each other, right? I mean, in all these different ways. And and then I, I think in addition to that, everyone's navigating new emotions and new experiences and their own emotions around what's happening in this whole, you know, global experience. And so you've not only got this rearrangement of our households, so like that in and of itself is a stressor and a change. You've got the internal things that each one of us individually is trying to navigate, and then that flows into each other. So yeah, I find it is like the dynamics are fascinating. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, I have had an increase of uh, couples uh, reaching out <laughs> for therapy. Yes, as of late, there's lots of lot of a lot of couples. They're like, okay, we're going to need some guidance here. And you know, and the thing is, is that and there's extremes too because you have like the families that are climbing on top of each other and like wondering how they're going to get through it. And then you have the singles that are living, you know, alone and feeling a lot of the isolation and not knowing, well, how do I navigate all these relationships with my friends now that we're just doing everything virtually? Or how do I navigate differences, you know, in how people feel comfortable gathering? Because this triggers people like whether, you know, you're you feel safe going out and masking up and social distance walking, or whether that's like offensive to somebody, you know, it's all these different, we just have so many layers, you know, as if humans weren't complex enough, it's like as if relationships weren't hard enough, we just have these extra layers. And so what I have noticed is that that's just, it's coming up 
it's always been a part of psychotherapy, of course, my therapy sessions. Um, but it seems to be an increase where there's this like irritation that often it's like, I have to vent, I have to talk about this thing, you know, that's coming up in my wife or in my child or in my friend or in my sibling, you know. And so it's been really interesting to see that there is an intensity, there's, there's an increase in sort of all of us feeling a little bit more sensitive or on edge in our relationships. Yes. Yes. It's so hard. I mean, like, and it can be, I mean, obviously there's an intensity in the people we live with, but it can be even things like in the next door app. Like (laughs) the day, the other day I was reading about somebody, like there was like a rave party here in Austin and, you know, it like a, an outside place and there was a hundred people gathered and like, and it was just triggering all these people to talk about it and like how bad it was. And then there was triggering people to say how good it is that people are living life. And like, you know, you're just seeing this polarization that's creating a lot of triggers. So like, you can't really turn away from the triggers. Like there's triggers everywhere. There's triggers, you know, in our house, there's triggers outside of our house, there's triggers online, there's triggers in our email, there's triggers in our next door app, you know, wherever we go, there's a lot of triggers. And I think we're not coping well. And that's really what I think we should navigate today. Yes, absolutely. And and first, I just want to define for some people who are like, well, what does it mean when you say the yeah. word trigger? You know, so a trigger is when you have a strong emotional reaction or visceral. So you can have sensations or emotions and a response to something that would typically seem possibly like just every day. So Somebody says something and it seems pretty benign or something happens. It seems, or you read something in email. So someone else might read that, have no emotional reaction. But when we have a story attached to that, if we have a certain emotional experience, when that means something to us that has this really more exaggerated response, then we feel triggered. People will say, I just, that really triggered me. So it means that all of a sudden you're flooded usually by emotions, by sensations, and you feel, you know, like it's a little over the top, like, gosh, I'm reacting really strongly. Sometimes it's conscious triggers. Of course, that so reminds me of my alcoholic father, like, oh, that is a clear trigger. I consciously know that that behavior reminds me of growing up with my father who suffered from alcoholism and had a certain impact on me. So there's a conscious reaction to that trigger. Other times it's like somebody says something and you have a strong reaction, but you don't even really know why. That's an unconscious trigger where that's the one that people sometimes bring into therapy. It's like, why can't I sleep? Like what's going on? I keep replaying that conversation over and over. And I know that I'm activated, I'm triggered, but I don't know what that means. So that's, you know, the unconscious. And then we kind of have to pull out what's being associated. So that's really what we mean by triggers is like something is happening in your world, external event, and then you have this very strong internal reaction to it. The good news is that triggers, that's the positive side of things. There's like always a good side of any difficult experience. It means it's giving us information, you know, so we're learning from each other. And when we're having triggers right now with our family members, It may be that that stuff is kind of lying there all the time, but now that it's being a little bit more up close and you're experiencing this trigger, it gives you an opportunity to say, I'm curious about that. I wonder why I'm having such a strong reaction. And 
So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, Sonia, is that I just noticed though that we want to point fingers. Like, and if you look at the COVID situation and the in the polarization, you know, people are like, why are you making me so uncomfortable? Why are you doing this to me? Right? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So my recommendation and um, guidance for my clients is like, let's pause for a moment and let's remember something we probably all learned in elementary school or that nice parent or grandmother told you that if you're pointing one finger out, you're pointing five fingers back at you. And so when you're pointing out at someone else and you really see something that is bothering you and you feel triggered by them, one effective strategy can be to take a deep breath and to be curious for a moment, look back at yourself. Where are those five fingers, those four fingers pointing back at you? And if you take a minute to be like, what's going on in me right now? That when I see that happening, it's doing something to me. And in psychology, we use the word mirror effect, which is different than mirroring. So mirroring is something you see infants do in a certain type of development where they mirror the caretaker and they're learning developmentally how to do certain imitations. Or we mirror somebody, a gesture, you know, when someone's nodding and you're like nodding, like, why am I nodding? Oh, because they're nodding. (laughs) That's mirroring. So that's not what we're talking about. That's a very appropriate developmental and social engagement tool that we use. But the mirror effect is something in psychology that we talk about as a way of understanding that what we see in someone else can sometimes be a reflection of something happening within us. We don't always know that right away because we think, oh, this is being externally provoked. Like this person is doing it and I wish they would stop and I have no control over how they're acting and it's making me feel really uncomfortable. And so the the challenge with that is that you you feel out of control. However, if you think about the mirror effect and it's like, what is this saying about me? Then you get to actually regain control for a minute, take some deep breaths and be like, when I see that person not wearing their mask, for example, and it just brings up so much in me, like what is it for me that I need to understand? What is that fear about? Or is it reminding of me of something? Or am I feeling particularly vulnerable? And so that was something I thought would be kind of interesting because I wonder how many people are just feeling really out of control because all this stuff's happening that they can't do anything about. So what if we looked at what we could do something about? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I, I, I love this exploration in myself. I, I mean, you know, it's hard when you're in the moment of being triggered. But afterwards, I really like when I can settle down or walk away or, you know, have that that moment of contemplation. I always find it so interesting. It's kind of like this puzzle piece when you have that curiosity of like, ooh, okay, so what is going on with me? Why all of a sudden am I reacting to these things? What is it about me? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? You know, what is is the piece of it. And I, and I think sometimes if you've done a lot of self-development or you've, you know, done some psychology, sometimes we try to make it this one-on-one effect, right? We, we, you know, if we're upset that someone, you know, hasn't made, worn their mask as an example, because you gave that example, then sometimes we might be like, but we're wearing our mask, right? So, so then we think it's not a mirror. It's not a projection because I'm not doing that. 
But there might be something that we can explore in what way are we um, taking away other people's feeling of safety? Or in what way are we impinging our beliefs on other people? Or in what way are we, um, that whatever feeling it is we have when they're doing something, how could we also be doing that in our life in some place? Exactly, Sonia, because it's maybe not tit for tat, right? It's not, right. oh, okay, I've, I've got my mask on. But is that triggering you? Is that bothering you? Because maybe there is an area where you're not taking what you feel are appropriate safety measures or, you know, so then that reminds you, you see it in the world like, oh, there is somebody being so reckless, you know, and it's like, why is that upsetting me so much? Well, maybe there's a place that I'm doubting my own, my own actions, or maybe I did something I'm feeling guilty about because maybe I did forget to wear my mask. And I think I've exposed my elderly neighbor. I don't know. Right. So it's like, there's so many things that it can be. And so I'm glad you just said that that's a common misperception is that people are just looking for like, well, I would never do that. So this, how can this be a reflection? Like, how is this anything that's happening in me? But what it is, is that there's something there that irks you. And when something irks you, there's a match somewhere in that emotion. It may be a different kind of situation. But like when another example is like somebody is, um, not dealing appropriately with their anger and you just see it all over the place and you're just like, oh, and you want to get on your soapbox and you just want, and you're telling everybody in your family, like, can you believe that? Can you just believe how angry they're being? And it's not helpful, you know, it's destructive. And so, and you're so worked up because you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about how they're handling their anger. But if that's really, really getting to you, it's a time to kind of stop for a minute and take a deep breath. Notice I'm always encouraging the deep breathing as you just kind of center back and you ask. And like Sonia said, it may be moments later when you have a quiet space and you just wonder, what is that? Is there any of that anger inside me or how am I relating to anger right now? Do I have a healthy outlet for my own anger? Am I mad because that person gets to be angry and I'm, I'm not letting myself be angry when I really am, right? And so what's interesting is it gives us an opportunity to have control because we love human beings love control and it's an illusion, but like we can still <laughs> play with that illusion a little bit. And like we, do. we have control over how we choose to be with ourselves and how we handle our emotion and how we might relate to our anger. We can't handle how that loved one is doing it. And so we could spend all day and putting all that energy judging them, <laughs> or we can look inside and just be like, okay, so what can I do for myself? Where can I shift this? If this is really getting to me, I have a feeling that maybe there's something in me that needs some attention. And that's yeah. how that mirror effect works is it's reflecting something. It's kind of like a, like a fun house mirror. It's not a direct got yeah. lots of different, you know, distortions, but it allows us, it's like a tool for us to ask questions that are a little bit more self-introspective. Yeah, because oftentimes it's that we're just not really being honest with how we feel too. Like I think sometimes when I get irritated or I'm reacting or I'm triggered, you know, there's something much deeper that I'm not acknowledging you know, um, maybe it's a wound, maybe it's, you know, it, I feel angry, but maybe it's actually that I'm hurt. 
or I feel like I was rejected or I feel like I'm not being heard. You know, so sometimes there's these ways in which I'm using reaction and anger to cover up what I'm actually feeling. And when I can self-introspect and kind of look at, you know, what is going on with me? What am I actually feeling right now? That if I can get really honest about that, a lot of times it dissipates some of the emotion and reaction. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is my hope is that we want to find a way to ease some of that discomfort. And we can't ease the discomfort by changing the other person. You know, that's going to still be there. And they're going to have to make that change. So it's like the easing our discomfort is like, okay, so what is this reflecting in me? What is what is this that I can relate to? And the other thing is, you know, in the world of business, I've, I've noticed it around like when I feel a strong reaction to someone's um, brand, maybe it's a positive that, and I, but I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I so wish that I was doing that, you know, and I have this really, and I can't like shake, I was almost made me feel bad about myself because I'm not doing it. I really wish I could. I pay attention to that one because I'm like, oh, there's something I really want here that this person has given themselves permission to do. It's like, where am I holding myself back? Where in, sometimes when, when people do that, they kind of get a little like, oh, I don't even want to look at her stuff because it just makes me feel crappy, <laughs> you know, or like I compare myself. But if you just kind of look at it, be like, but wait, wait, what is that? Why do I want that? You know, why do I want to turn away from that almost? Because it's because I want to be more like that. What am I not allowing myself to do? Oh, I've always wanted to write. Or I've always wanted to do a video and I'm not letting, I'm not letting myself do it. So I'm feeling kind of, you know, triggered by that other person's brand or I'm feeling irritated by it, or I'm feeling like I can't even look at it. Right. So that's an example of how it can kind of play out professionally as well. Not even in our more intimate relationships. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the beauty is when you really start to hold that, whatever trigger you're experiencing is yours. And it's an opportunity for you to explore yourself, an opportunity for you to look at yourself. Then, like, triggers can really come from anywhere. They can come from, you know, TV. They can come from, like, literally anything in your life uh, that you get irritated by and you're more aware of them. Like, I think when you – in my opinion, this is kind of a lifestyle you can embrace, right? Like – I'm triggered. Okay, that's a sign for me to self-reflect. What's going on with me? And I noticed that because that's kind of my practice, that I actually catch them more quickly. So, you know, whereas before I could be triggered for a long time and never do the self-reflection until it was like, you know, months into a situation and then I'm having to like unwrap it all. Whereas now I notice I, I catch it much more quickly because I've made it kind of like a practice. That's such a good point, like that lifestyle and that ability to make it a practice. Because one way that I have noticed it plays out, you know, is sort of, it's interesting how it's become a word for even avoidance. Like people will say, oh, I don't want to go there. It completely triggers me. Or every time I see that person, oh, she's such a trigger. Right. So it's like we use this language, you know, and what are we saying in this context? Oh, I, that's permission not to engage permission not to engage, you're unsafe, you're a trigger. But what's really interesting is like, but that means you're just not going to address what that is bringing up in you or right? Because if we're constantly just avoiding 
those things, then we aren't learning. So making it a practice is like this compassionate way of being with triggers. Yes, sometimes, you know, I don't have the emotional energy, so I'm not going to put myself in that situation where I know it could be emotionally triggering, but I'm going to remember, oh, that situation causes this response. What could I do about that, you know, in the future? What could I learn about this? You know, so it's interesting how we've kind of used it as sometimes a reason or excuse to escape something when really like it's an opportunity to investigate further. 100%. And and I think a lot of people use it now in blame, right? Like you're triggering me. <laughs> like there's still this like, uh, you know, or I'm triggered, so I'm not going to hang out with you. But like, like this undercurrent is still blame. Like it's still your fault, right? Like, so I'm going to do what I need to do by not being with you. But really, I'm still subtly saying it's all you. your fault. <laughs> exactly. It's all of you. And it's obviously not me. Yes, yes. And the thing is, is that when we externalize things, you know, it does give away our power when we're constantly looking at like, oh, you know, it's their fault or it, we, we don't have control over changing the outcome. We don't have our own power to do something about it. And so that is one of the reasons you and I love to be intrinsically driven is because yeah. it's honestly much more empowering than giving our power away. That's right. hundred percent. And I know that if I can constantly own my own triggers, I can own what's affecting me. I can own what's happening within me. Then that means I'm in charge. I'm, I'm, am fully empowered to do something about it, to change it, to shift it, to experience it, to just embrace it even to, you know, it doesn't even have to be, I have to get rid of it. Sometimes it's such a gift to embrace whatever I'm feeling. And so I think, you know, that's a really different perspective than to be like, well, that person's doing that to me and that person's doing that to me and it's all them. And it doesn't mean that other people don't have responsibility in what's happening, but we really have to first look at the responsibility we have in ourselves. Amen. Underline that one. Yes. <laughs> and it's just so, you know, it's so much harder uh, to do sometimes than or it's, it's easier to say than to do, I guess is what I say to my clients. It's yeah. like, I know we can talk about all this day, all this, you know, this whole day, do it. It does take practice to start learning to turn attention away from the external and start looking at where can you own it. And it is like you say, Sonia, it's a mindset, it's a lifestyle, but it can start today. You know, you can, you can start to just notice where do you find yourself lost in the blame game, like where, where it is this external, like this person is, you know, really just driving me up the wall, this thing, I'm going to say like this government, like there's so much outside of our control right now that we can just pull our hair out. However, that is not actually going to create as much instrumental change as if we start really looking at what am I doing within myself? Am I being those things that I want to see society become? Am I taking care of my own emotional well-being and being the person that I want my partner to be? You know, we can start with ourselves. And I know that some people are like, oh yeah, I've heard this before. It starts with ourselves and you know, da, da, da. But it's so true that if you want change outside of yourself, you have got to start with yourself. 100%. And I would also say that when in the moment that you're triggered, it's really important that you walk away. It's really important that you shift your nervous system. Like 
unless you are highly skilled, don't try to engage with the other person when you're triggered. Because I think that some people, you know, they rear for a fight. They're like, yeah, yeah. And believe me, I mean, I, I can I can go with the best of them. But I think if I am really triggered and then I just let it go and I just like fight and I create all the stuff, it it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve the other person. It doesn't serve the situation. Whereas if I walk away and go hit my journal, you know, like, you know, sit with my journal, look at that or, you know, even hit pillows or go take a walk or find some way to, to move that energy out of me, then I am in a more reasonable state to really feel and look at, you know, what am I feeling and what really is going on with me? And then I can go back and engage that person in a different place. Absolutely. Such a good point. Yes. Remove, walk away, take a deep breath, take some time. And there's no reason to stay engaged in something that is flooding your system or overly activating you. So take good care of you and then find some time to reflect and ask the compassionate, curious questions of, I wonder what that is bringing up in me. I wonder why it's bringing that up in me, right? And just get curious about how that way you feel like they made me feel X, Y, and Z and just flipping around to be like, I wonder why I'm feeling this in response. What is that that's coming from me? And so you're owning the response and that allows you to get really curious about it and to find ways to understand and then shift something within yourself. And that gives you the true power, right? To change, to shift. All right. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you all for joining us and we'll wrap it up from here and see you next week. Most business owners are putting effort into the wrong areas of their business. I've seen this time and time again working with women over the last 20 years. They're focused on marketing and lead generation, but they've skipped over building a solid business foundation. If you have a service business and feel like your business is stuck or stagnant, or you'd like some support and accountability to grow your business, you should check out my Women in the Arena coaching program. Together, we'll build you a solid business foundation, improve your sales, and create a business you actually love running. Head over to sonyastatman.com to find out more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.